0: Hello, and welcome to Rewinding Reffin, a new limited series from the RKB Network. I'm your host, Noah Blanchard, and I'm here to answer one deceptively simple question. Why do I adore the work of Nicholas Winding Refn so much? It's a question I'm sure I, and at least maybe 50 to 70 other people in the world, so roughly the listenership of this podcast, have asked themselves a time or two. For everyone else asking a much simpler question, who is Nicholas Winding Refn, I'll be brief. NWR, as he's more easily referred to, is the Copenhagen-born provocateur behind Danish crime classics The Pusher Trilogy and the neo-noir masterpieces Drive and Only God Forgives. His latest opus, the six-episode Copenhagen Cowboy, premiered on Netflix last week. More on that later. But back to the original question. Why the adoration? Is it the sheer style of it all? The gorgeous neons, the languid camera, the stillness it sits in? Only to be obliterated by a shock of the old ultraviolence. Is it the cinephile's wet dream aspect of rolling Hodorowski, Man, Friedkin, and Lynch into a genreless stew with a decidedly different taste? Is it the sense? I'm not quite sure, but I'm going to endeavor over the run of this series to figure out what makes NWR tick, and more importantly, what makes his films stick. This is Rewinding Reffin. Let's get rolling. Now, I first encountered Nicholas Winding Refn, like most Americans, in the waning days of summer 2011, when Ryan Gosling cruised to the sounds of Love, Fox, and Konvinsky straight into our hearts. Drive was a singular theatrical experience at that point in my life, it oozed style, the directorial confidence of early Michael Mann, the compositional mastery and operatic approach to violence, echoes of dare I say Kubrick, and it also didn't hurt that at the center of said frames was usually my favorite actor of his generation often accompanied by a score provided by an artist who would soon become one of my all-time favorites and eventually a huge influence as well. But who had put all these moving parts together? Who had shown me this unmistakably modern film that managed to reach right back to the muscular, non-handholdy glory of the 70s cinema that I'd been so recently ensconced, entrenched, and obsessed with? Who was this madman and where could I get more of what he had to offer? I walked out of that theater, as I assume a lot of you listeners did, thinking, wow, that was something special. That was, as the kids will one day say, a vibe. I am changed. Cinema is changed. The rest is history. Roll credits. Well, not quite. See, we would swiftly arrive a mere two years later at a crossroads of sorts. Two roads diverging in the woods, if you will. And I, my friends, I took the road far, far less traveled, the road that led straight to the heart of darkness that is Only God Forgives. A film that is arguably openly antagonistic to its audience, a film that's a direct rebuke to drive to anything and everything a mainstream movie fan, quote-unquote, would have expected as the follow-up to that film, let alone the reteam with Gosling at the height of his early 2010s powers. And I... Well, I absolutely loved it. I was knocked out by it in a completely different way than Drive. It's a movie I find more and more rewarding each time I rewatch it, and it seems to be the first of more than a few dividing lines in the NWR fandom. Only God Forgives was a mission statement, one that quickly established that NWR would not be taking the quote-unquote easy path forward. His subsequent projects would delve deeper into all of his interests and eccentricities, and I knew then not everyone was going to go along for this ride. But presumably you have. Like me, I'm sure you dove back into his extensive pre-drive filmography to discover the beautiful, brutal minimalism of Valhalla Rising, the uncharacteristically verbose lead at the center of Bronson, a brilliant and burgeoning Tom Hardy, or maybe you headed straight back to the beginning and tore through the Pusher Trilogy to see what put NWR on the map as far as the international stage was concerned. You may have even taken trips back to the seedy side of L.A. with the Neon Demon, or in his magnum opus Too Old to Die Young, his. Best? I, I, I don't know. I'll get back to you after I complete my 13-hour-plus rewatch. Regardless of where you may have traveled on the winding roads of Winding Refn, I'll be covering it all. And in true NWR fashion, I'll be doing it at my own pace. When Refn was promoting Too Old to Die Young in the pre-pandemic days of 2019, he took a rather interesting approach, one that could easily have been mistaken for indifference, and he did so in an interview with IndieWire's Ben Travers. And I quote, What's interesting about streaming for me, because television is as dead as a doornail, but streaming is like a whole new opportunity and it's a different concept in a way because it's uncontrollable. You just log on, log off. It's a coexistence now. Episodic television was designed when television was a once a week on an analog channel. Why do we still retain the same narrative constructions from a time that doesn't even exist anymore? It's how my kids watch entertainment. They'll find something and they'll drop in. If it interests them, they'll stay. Plus, it was a great way to just get into the heart of the show. I'm an entertainer. At the end of the day, I'm here to give you a spectacle. This was in reference to him combining episodes of Too Old to Die Young, I believe four and five, or five and six, and releasing it essentially as a film at the Cannes Film Festival out of competition as a way to promote the show. Uh, he also released it to critics this way uh, to write about the show, which I'm sure was confusing for more than a few of them. Uh, anyways, back to the quotes. Ironically, it's what the silent filmmakers started out with, because they had no limitations at the dawn of film. No one knew what film was, essentially, so the idea of constraints or length hadn't been programmed. And so what's interesting about streaming is it's like almost a dawn of a new ability, a new way to paint or write, whatever you want to do, essentially. Streaming is not only movies or TV, it's also music, it's installations, it's literature, it's poetry, everything is being streamed, it's interactive, it's virtual reality. It's like a book. If you go into a bookstore and find a book, you're not going to take a book and read the first page. You're gonna take a book and you're gonna browse through it somewhere and you're gonna read a piece of it. Oh, this is interesting, I'll buy this book. If you buy anything, you'll browse through it and very rarely do you start at page one. I, I'm gonna jump in and editorialize a little bit. I always start at page one. Uh, what, what, but this is why you're you and I'm me. Uh, okay, uh, back to the quotes, excuse me. For me, that's the real excitement. It's an endless amount of avenues you can turn into. It can be one minute. It can be 20 hours. People don't have the idea that something has to be a certain length because it's like a book or going to a gallery or looking at a painting. You determine the time you want to invest based on where you are in your life, what you're attracted to, or what you want to spend your time on. So there's a sense of freedom creatively to you that you don't have to be bound by any kind of control. This interview has stuck with me uh, quite a bit, and it immediately jumped to mind as I dove into Copenhagen Cowboy last week, a show that bucks every uh, normal narrative convention of the current streaming landscape, a show that indeed kind of does feel like something we were dropped into, something that we may never see the true origin or end point of. To put it another way, it's something wholly and uniquely NWR. This interview also inspired my approach to this very podcast, Over the coming weeks and months, you'll hear me rewind through reference filmography. Sometimes we'll have guests. Some episodes will be brief, like the one you're listening to right now. Some will be expansive, multi-part outings. Who knows? Choose your own adventure. And if you'd like to join me on this adventure, if you're a fan or you just have thoughts or suggestions, you can, of course, email me, thearchivee at gmail.com. We're going to take a little musical interlude, uh, which I'll introduce in just a moment, and then we're going to come back and actually talk a bit about Copenhagen Cowboy. I'm going to give you my raw, unfiltered, very early initial thoughts. I just finished the series last night. So, before we do that, I mentioned him, not by name, but uh, referenced him earlier. Mr. Cliff Martinez is kind of an inextricable part of the NWR equation. He has scored most of his films and projects post-Drive, including Drive, of course, and he is one of my favorite musicians, and when I started making music myself about three years ago, he became one of the most influential musicians on what I like. I, I love synthesizers, I always have, and that's kind of the, the space I work in. So I thought it would be fun, at least for me and maybe a handful of other people, to take a trip down memory lane. This is one of the first five songs I ever released to SoundCloud. Uh, I go by the artist name NARC, that's lowercase n, capital A, capital R, capital K, all caps on the A-R-K. But this song is actually called Martínez, it was on the second EP I ever put out, and uh, we're just going to take a listen, transition us into the vibes of uh, NWR, and we're going to come back and talk about Copenhagen Cowboy for just a little bit. Welcome back from our little musical interlude. In the meantime, I found a co-host, people. This was quite fortuitous. Um gentleman came knocking on my door honestly as I was recording this episode, so now he's a part of it. Uh you heard from him on our previous Arc of E podcast our year-end uh top t- 10 favorite movies of 2022. He called in. I have him in person for a change. Uh Some of you may remember him from a a podcast that did exist at one point that we may go back and finish called The Bay of Lynch, which is kind of tangentially in the universe of this podcast. This is one that I do intend to finish, though. I say all that to say, I have one Mr. Brendan Riley in person, in studio. Say hello.
1: Hey, everybody. Happy to be here. Happy to be a part of this. Uh, Happy to return uh, after a long vacation from the bay of lynch yes uh
0: so you're here on rewinding reffin i filled you in on it i played you basically what i'd recorded so far and then i showed you a trailer and i'm throwing you into the deep end you are yes i think you were like drive i know that movie um but i think it's probably safe to say you're a nwr neophyte outside of that i'll run through some titles tell me if anything jumps out at you
1: Neophyte would be putting it the, nicely. <laughs> the Pusher trilogy. Pusher 1, 2, and 3. No. Okay.
0: Bronson. No. With Tom Hardy. Okay. Maybe that's one we could get you oh, to watch.
1: Maybe that I have be interesting seen that enough. because I do know that I've seen a lot of Tom Hardy movies. So we have to revisit that maybe.
0: Okay. Question mark. We'll, we'll circle back. Valhalla Rising. No. Starring Mr. Mads Mikkelsen. No. No okay after drive he makes only god forgives the second collaboration with ryan gosling No, haven't seen Mm
1: -mm. okay
0: okay uh the neon demon
1: neon demon sounds familiar but if you were to ask me something of it
0: we're gonna go ahead and officially apply the label of nwr neophyte to mr brendan riley without a doubt so maybe you'll come along for this whole journey I think it'd be really interesting to get an outsider perspective maybe you're the ideal audience member honestly because you saw drive you liked it mm-hmm. but you uh, unlike anybody who's actually listening to this podcast at this point uh, you didn't you weren't like oh I want to see more from that guy like who did that you were just kind of like that was well I don't know so were you I, like that I was a good experience what'd you think of maybe drive?
1: maybe this is a tangent for another. A conversation on another day but I think I represent the general population in the sense of this most of us we don't we don't know when we're watching a movie that we're watching a director we're watching we are watching actors right? right
0: so to the point when I said do you know who Nicholas Winding Refn is you're like no nah, what's he
1: been in like right yeah. <laughs> right yeah, like, right and then we and then we said drive and I was like oh that's Gosling and then but you know my reference right there is Gosling your reference is NWR, so I don't think. Well, to be hey, fair, at
0: the time it was Gosling. I mean, that was my. Sure, that's the whole sure. reason I went and saw that movie opening weekend. Yeah, sure.
1: So I, I do think it's a good juxtaposition between somebody who knows and watches and follows directors versus somebody that might represent the general population who's following the big time actors and what what they're in and what they're doing. Yes.
0: We like so, to include all voices here on, on the archive. I
1: appreciate you so, accepting
0: me. I appreciate you coming along for the ride and being a good sport and just letting me throw you into this. Because, again, I was sitting here like, I can't keep talking to myself for the rest of this episode. The last time I did that was for a uh, television podcast that like, I, I covered a whole season of TV by myself. And it was, it was weird. It was a weird time.
1: You can see somebody for that if you want. Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> this is free, though. This the, is true. Pod- you don't have to pay anybody. Yes. I did
1: hear the first part of that, though. Okay, yeah, the um, first
0: part of that question was, what did you think of Drive? Did you see it when it came out? Did you... Did we go see it? Not together,
1: no. Okay.
0: Well, um, you... I was I've... in college. This is
1: 2011. September I of 2011. I enjoyed Drive. I enjoyed Drive. Is it a movie you um, have revisited at all? I've seen it twice that I can recall. Okay. Uh, and... I think mainly the second time, you know, I'm a Gosling fan. I think everybody's a Gosling fan. If if you don't love him, you have a crush on him. One of the two, you know. Yeah. Um. You, when you want to be him, be next to him. Yeah. Inside of inside him. of him. Yeah. You know. All all the things. <laughs> um. So I think the second time I went back to watch it, I if I'm being honest, I think I was scrolling and it happened to be on, and I was like, all right, cool, Gosling, you know. As far from this as it is, Crazy Stupid Love is one of my favorite movies. Another uh,
0: 2011. That's part of the, the. I mean, he was right, rolling right through in it. the thick of it. Yeah. Yes. And, that that uh, was the height of the the 2010s Gosling powers, as I mentioned earlier in
1: the episode. So I, I you know, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go watch this again. Um, and I think I, I probably had more of an admiration for it the second time. Uh, that being my love and lust of Mr. Gosling. <laughs> Um, so I like the way you say his name. <laughs> continue. Go ahead. Uh, so yeah. So I think the first time was, was more getting, getting the feet wet. I enjoyed the movie for, for what it was, um, unexpected. I, I think everybody has a view of who Gosling is. Uh, maybe this was a little bit outside of that realm. Um, at the time for sure. Yeah. But, uh, but enjoyable nonetheless, for sure. Okay. Um, well,
0: like you said, you you know you checked it out like one other time, but this wasn't. I feel like for a certain uh, section of the like cinephile world, this movie was kind of like a bombshell. Moment. It was like all of a sudden, like synthwave is back in a big bad way, music-wise. Like the soundtrack to this movie becomes a huge deal. The whole aesthetic of it, the neon, the jacket, everything. It's just a cool
1: movie. It had its own vibe, right? And and I think that that was one of the, honestly, one of the refreshing parts about it was that it wasn't um, as mainstream maybe as everybody was expecting it to be.
0: Exactly. Because you definitely, you're probably, I remember at the time, like I was like, people are going to go into this expecting a Fast and Furious movie. Sure. And they're not going to get it. And are they going to be disappointed or are they going to be like, Oh, I liked that this was different. And it's like, The movie made a dent. It did well, but it was not this like you know, two hundred million dollar like smash hit. But it was, for a lot of people, it was a big deal, and there was a lot of excitement over what he would do next. And then when he did make a movie with Gosling, again, I'm surprised you never just sought it out maybe so you didn't, was it maybe you weren't aware that it was gosling
1: or was it a sequel to drive it was not a sequel to drive but it was there is moving.
0: a there is a sequel to drive in novel form a sequel to the book that it's based on so they okay. could do drive two at some point
1: and you're hoping they do i'm sure
0: i mean it would be awesome if they circle back around and did that but uh who knows who knows But yeah, so they collaborated on Only God Forgives. I won't say too much about that movie because I want you to watch it at some point now. when we So I'm rewinding through his filmography. I'm going in reverse
1: order. So what year did God Forgive come out then? Uh,
0: 2013, two years after. Two years years
1: after, huh. Yeah. And then
0: he takes another two, two? three-year break, and then Neon Demon, and that is the last movie he made. Now, subsequent to that, he's done a series for Amazon that's about 13 hours long, so it's like a bunch of movies. Uh, And then Copenhagen Cowboy. Smooth transition. Yes. Um, And as I kind of stated earlier in the episode, obviously you haven't seen it, and most of our crew here have not seen it either. I just wrapped it last night. I have a lot of thoughts, but I kind of want to wait until we can go more spoiler free and a lot of people are probably still getting to it over the course and unless they just straight up binge the six hours like like that. So I showed you the trailer. Sure. Are you intrigued on the basis of that? And I will give the caveat. I know you don't like to read ah, your shows or you your knew movies.
1: you knew where I was going to go. I don't read good.
0: <laughs> I don't know if there's a dub. For the show.
1: But dubs are worse. I, don't I, don't ever do that. Please don't. Dubs are worse.
0: But here's what I'll say as far as the subtitles go. As with a lot of his stuff, and you'll probably remember a little bit of this from Drive, a lot of silence. Like Gosling maybe says like, you know, ten lines in that whole movie. And Only God Forgives is even less.
1: It's very John Wick of him. But,
0: you know. Uh, but... I think you, like, I think you could kind of have a workaround for the fact that, like, you don't really need to, like, be glued to reading exactly what everybody, like, the dialogue in every scene. Because, honestly, you could just kind of coast on the vibes. So, removing that from the equation, were you intrigued by the trailer at
1: all? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Um, they leave enough to the mind, but they give you enough at the same time. I know that kind of puts you right in the middle of the road, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. that's, that's not one or well, another, but... It um <clears throat> from the trailer you can you can see the action you can get the uncertainty you know who is this person you know what, I, what follows them who I guess are they I can give you a
0: bit of I'll give you a bit of a a table setting sure and maybe that'll intrigue you more maybe you'll want to come back here and maybe you'll binge it tonight who knows I know you're always looking for something new. But you're not a TV guy. But this is like on that weird line of streaming TV, but basically a movie. Yeah, I'm not, I'm that not he's a big TV kind of been guy. blurring the lines with over the last several years. You know so,
1: that. and I don't like to
0: read. Yeah. So we got a lot of barriers to entry. <laughs> the uh, rather striking female protagonist who you see in right. the blue jumpsuit uh, is named Mew. And she, in the universe of this story which takes place mostly in denmark in copenhagen uh she's what's known as a lucky coin so she is traded between different factions essentially uh bought and sold essentially and is there to provide good luck for whoever her current owner is so she is a product I don't know it's a weird way to put it but you don't really know what she is who she is or where she comes from uh, for quite a while that's definitely kind of one of the mysteries of the show but it's not a I know you're a plot guy it is not a plotty show a lot of things happen in it but it is vibes first and foremost it is um, glacially paced like a lot of his stuff uh, as of late so I think that might be another barrier to entry for
1: you. It is because, you know, I, I I do not like when there's not a plot. I despise it. I despise <laughs> it when you get to the end of the movie. It's like,
0: it's there. It's there, but it's not, it's not going to give you the normal setup and payoffs that you're used to from so, like a traditional narrative, I guess is how I want to
1: phrase that. Yes. So <laughs> what really intrigues me, and correct me if I'm mistaken, because obviously I haven't seen the show, but from the trailer for anybody that hasn't seen it and it's, does listen to this and is on the fence about whether they want to watch it. From the trailer, what you're gonna get, what I gathered at least, was a almost like a kill bill vibe. I got this like the way that it was laid out, the way that it was acted. Um I had this like, hey, this is Kill Bill, but in Copenhagen.
0: Trailer's got a lot of energy to it. Yeah, that's maybe a little bit of a uh, what I'm feeling. <laughs> a false, maybe that's a bit of a false flag operation. No, I'm just saying I'm like uh, the show like gets to those moments of those incredible visuals that you see in the trailer. Right. But the the buildup and the, the pace at which you get to them is probably not what you're going to want okay. from from what you're expecting from this show. I guess you should say, but again, in the same way that think about your expectations going into drive versus the actual execution of it and the experience of it in the moment. And it sounds like you were like, I kind of liked that it was different it felt different. And I guess again, some of these, some of these people I'll mention are people who he has like openly admitted as influences. Other people are kind of people I've put on him, but did you get when you were watching Drive any sort? Of, I I say a Michael Mann vibe, but of like L.A. gritty, like Collateral, Heat, like. Um, did you get that vibe as like a reference point of like, there's a lot of show don't tell in it where okay. you're seeing See, a lot of process without it being spelled out for you. There's 100%. a lot of visual so when, storytelling. When you
1: say it, when you say it like that, yes, you know when you're talking about Heat and some of these other vibes that, that you're trying to put out there I don't know that I made that connection but again representing the general population most of us won't make those connections we're just watching a movie right um, but yes it is uh, kind of one of those ones that that leaves you wondering and, and, and leaves you guessing and again,
0: doesn't hold your hand no kind of actively wants you
1: to like, engage where, with it where's this going? why why is it going yeah you know and and i i think that, that was kind of one of the more refreshing parts of something you and i actually kind of talked about was it yesterday earlier today but something that's oh yesterday that's something yeah. that's not linear and how sometimes when we get out of that linear fashion it's, it's kind of refreshing mm-hmm. you know just to, to see something take on its own um and, and yeah. it's enjoyable
0: the show is very much a you could almost watch it in two episode chunks I kind of wish i had. I spaced it out like one a night since it came out. But uh narratively it is kind of vignette like she she's with one group at the opening. Uh it's like an Armenian underworld family and she they're in a like a prostitution ring. So she's not directly part of that. They have her there for other purposes, but she sees like uh, it was a pretty like bleak setup. So without spoiling anything, she eventually extricates herself from that situation and then finds like her way into the Chinese crime sure. syndicate in Denmark. Uh And then eventually she's kind of working her way, not up, but almost down like to the depths of hell sort of thing of like working through the criminal underworld or as it's been referred to in the show, the criminal netherworld, because there is also without spoiling anything, so- a bit of a, vaguely supernatural because you don't know who or what she is at the end of the day and you're kind of trying to figure that out you're like well they keep referring to her as a lucky coin that she brings good luck to people etc and you see her do things that are not like outwardly supernatural but there are things that happen around her that you're like well was she responsible for that kind of thing it makes you think yes so it's playing with all that and he's also playing with like you saw in Drive, I'm giving... Again, that's like your reference point, so that's what I'm going to keep going back to. But the very... The silent protagonist, the person who's going to draw you into what's going on here because you're constantly trying to read like... Okay, they're not behaving like a normal like movie star performance in this moment. So what's going on behind the eyes? You're trying to suss them out and like just figure out what's going on. What's very interesting... The lead actress in this, Angela Bundelovic. uh I'm probably butchering that name a little bit. From what I understand, they uh, they just kind of found her last minute. She's only been in a handful of things, uh, but not like doesn't have traditional training as an actress, sort of thing. Kind of like found her on the street, and she has a background in dance. But um, it's one. I mean. As far as his protagonists go across the movies, and I know you haven't seen all of them, but she's one of my new favorites. Essentially, I really, really went for this character, and she's kind of your your guidepost through it. There's a lot of dude, How many there episodes are, are there? Six episodes. Okay. Uh, I, I I struggle with how much I should <gasps> spoil with some of the other elements of this show, but there is a.
1: Uh, well, I mean, I gotta watch it now. You're I mean, you're I'm, in now. Now you're, that we're here,
0: I mean, you don't have to.
1: No, I'm, but, I mean, I'm going. But you're through, sold. For uh, the, for the sake of TV world out there, I'm so everybody ki- that's listening. I'm so curious how you'll how you'll process uh, this. You know, again, do you do you? I mean, do
0: you want me to say some other random things that may or may not excite you?
1: I mean, I'm excited. Just okay, <laughs> <laughs> as excited as I can be right now. Turge it over there. Okay. I am. Uh, uh, I'm. I'm in. But that's you know, if you want to give a little carrot, that's fine.
0: Aryan vampires so it is supernatural maybe but i don't even know if they're like traditional vampires but there might be there might be there might be vampires in this show
1: season two comes out i also
0: i will tell you in advance i don't think we're getting a season two of this shit i think he i think he snuck into netflix and took a bag of money and made exactly what he wanted to and then returned it to them and they were like what
1: the fuck did you do? And we're going to put it out there. Yeah. And it's going to we're have going a to following.
0: Out, no, they're like, we're going to put it out there in January and we're not going to promote it at all, which they really haven't done. It's not anywhere near the Netflix TV top 10. It's just,
1: well, again, because it's not mainstream. I mean, you see the top 10, it's yeah. typically your type of mainstream type of movies and TV shows. and you know, Exactly. Your, this, this your, was your an, big time. American actors are going to be the ones that are going to be in those top tens. Yes.
0: Anybody putting money towards this new knows that he is a niche inside of a niche at this point. Um, so it is
1: going to leave me with a question mark at the end, though. Oh,
0: I mean, it, the whole show is going to leave you with a lot of question marks because you, you watching this, are going to be like, what the
1: fuck is going on? So you better believe I
0: want like episode by episode text.
1: So like, something that everybody out there doesn't obviously know of me when I watch movies and know when I go off in is that I nitpick. oh yeah this
0: is a bit he's a big logic guy uh so you're gonna have a
1: i'm I'm logical in the most illogical way because i'll be watching and you'll be watching
0: a marvel film complaining about an explosion that was unrealistic and i'm like we're
1: watching a comic was not one of the star wars i think it was one of the star wars where the explosion happened and they were on the left side and then after the explosion somehow they were on the right side and i was like no that's it man i can't do this anymore (laughs) i'm done (laughs) there's no truth in this
0: art dude i'm out uh well, yeah, I get okay. So this was a proto episode. This was really, really rough shot, and I, I appreciate you jumping on here with me. Oh, this was fun. I thought, um, I
1: thought we had a good time. I had a really good time.
0: Uh, so you're gonna watch it. You're committed. I'm, you're pot committed at this
1: point. I am committed. You'll I'm committed least, for everybody okay. that listens. I'm committed for you as one of my best friends, and I'm committed because now I'm just intrigued. <laughs> All right,
0: so we we can promise. There will be a subsequent episode there where subsequent episode. we Could talk Copenhagen Cowboy. Now, don't be
1: surprised when I come on here and I'm like, what did you make <laughs> me Oh, watch? I will not be surprised.
0: <laughs> I will just be waiting for the solid gold that comes out yeah. of your reactions. <laughs> uh, and then, like I said, I'm going to be going through all of them. I really, I think Bronson would be a good one for you because I know you're a big Tom Hardy guy. And if you don't remember it, let's now let's circle back and figure out. Because if you haven't seen it, I'm definitely booking you right now as that will be the one we get to eventually.
1: So it's Oh a no, no, bas- I have not. Okay, but sure. I know the movie, it. but I haven't seen it. Okay.
0: Let's uh for the listeners as well. Let's uh trying to figure out where you can watch it currently. Tom where Hardy's is another one I
1: got a man crush on. I know.
0: We'll get into all of all of your Man Crushes. we will probably got I think Mads Mikkelsen will be one by the time we're done with this. Okay. It is currently if you have Amazon Prime. It's available on several channels. You have Docs, Magnolia Selects. It's available on Plex TV and Warriors and Gangsters channel on <laughs> Prime. So, my advice to anybody if you haven't seen Bronson and you want to check it out before we inevitably get to it is uh go on Prime and do a uh, you know, a week-long free subscription to one of those aforementioned services where you can watch it or uh, or just shell out the money cuz Bronson's a great movie. Uh but, yeah, we will definitely get Brendan back on for that and for more talk about Copenhagen Cowboy along with uh, Mr. Sunshine Mayfield and Gavin as they have uh, completed the series uh, hopefully very, very soon. Uh, thank you for for doing this with me, man. Uh, yeah, thanks, everybody, for uh, listening.
1: Uh, Noah, thank you for having me. Uh, I'm looking forward to being a part of this moving forward. Yes. Uh,
0: yeah, I'm glad I, I managed to rustle up a co-host. Uh, out of nowhere, out of thin air. He just appeared to. It was 4-2 what this was meant to be. Alright, uh, this has been episode 1 of Rewinding Reference. Thank you for listening.
1: Thanks, guys.